the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. December. Holy mackerel. Look at that. December 3rd, last month of the year. You've got maybe two more paychecks. Max out your 401k if you can. Get a little bit extra going. Um, I'm not going to be your daddy. I'm not going to be a nag. It's up to you to get yourself to retirement. But I've maxed out my, my 401k this year, and it feels good. My paychecks get a little bit fatter at the end of the year when I tend to spend a little bit more during the holiday season on, on meals and entertainment and family. So I tend, I tend to front and load it a bit. Max out the 401k. Pay your bills on time. There's some little stupid things like that that'll get you to retirement, hopefully. Oh, I saw some unrest in France. And uh, a lot of what I saw was kind of, it, I'm not going to say it freaks me out, but I think it's coming to America where you have the haves and the have-nots and the young people. They're called the, the Yellow Jackets. They're upset, and they're protesting, and they're defiling French art. And that's pretty uncool. And the Champs-Élysées, they're trashing it. But they feel left out, and I get it. The G20 meeting might as well have been the G2 meeting, because that's all we really cared about. President Trump and President Xi from China. And they ended... G2, and it was a bit of a mess with George W. George H. Bush, senior, passing, because that's when Trump kind of went into the, I want to get out of here, I need a McDonald's, lead the way. Um, but they said, let's, let's go on, let's agree to suspend things for 90 more days before any further tariff actions. Trump will not raise the 10% tariff on the $200 billion of Chinese goods to 25% on January 1. Instead, it's to be kicked out 90 more days so they can have some time to, to figure it out. If an acceptable deal is struck in the next 90 days, then the tariff will uh, – if, if an acceptable rate is not struck, then the tariff rate in theory would go up to 25%. And we'll go through this all over again, right? It's like the government shutdown. Will they or won't they? Will you get your Social Security check or not? Of course you will. But there's always that fear – and Wall Street doesn't like fear. Demon known versus demon unknown. The financial press did quickly point out that there are different narratives in the United States and China surrounding the agreement. China has not publicized a specific 90-day window. That different narrative kind of underscores the fundamental differences between the two sides. And it makes it extremely difficult to resolve the trade differences in 90 days because it's a little on the contentious side. An agreement is just kick the can down. You know, remember that old joke? I saw your mama today. You saw my mama? Yeah, she was kicking a can down the road. I asked her what she's doing. She said, moving. 
I know you're saying mama jokes. <laughs> they were a thing. Not very long, but they were a thing in American humor, culture. Anyhow, and anyway, kick the can down the road approach. I don't know. The market's positive reaction, I think, is an overreaction because essentially, like, if the tariffs do go into effect in 60 to 90 days, then those are big numbers. But that's I'm not going to fight it, right? Um, I'm not going to fight it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You're seeing world markets soar after those trade concerns allayed. Elsewhere out there, manufacturing index topped expectations in the United States. Glasgow SmithKline is buying a U.S. drug maker for $5.1 billion. And we're now looking at the end of the year, 22 days till Christmas, as a Santa Claus rally. Woo! I don't know about that, right? Seems a little bit early. Uh, but you are seeing some winners. Companies like Roku and companies like Apple, who manufacture a lot of things in China, are moving higher. Ford November sales drop with truck and SUV sales declining, but shares are rallying. Yay! Ford reported Monday a 6.9% drop in November of vehicle sales from a year ago, made up of 2.3% drop in trucks, a 4.9% drop in SUVs, and a 19.5% drop in cars. You heard recently GM say they're going to shut down three car lines and essentially three factories tied with making those cars in America. And uh, you can see why. Car sales are not the greatest. We are a big, fat nation of Oompa Loompas, and we need big cars to get us around, essentially. Katy Perry outbid a fan for a date with Orlando Bloom. That's kind of creepy, because didn't they date for a while? That, oh, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, so Katy Perry, one of the biggest acts at Sunday's all-star One Love Malibu Benefit concert held at the King Gillette Ranch in Calabasas. Um, she helped raise money. So, anyway. That's out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. She didn't let a fan win. She had to take it from a fan because she's got more money, right? Uh, some people can't win to lose. You know, Your one chance to get a date with Orlando Bloom and Katy Perry steps in and kind of blocks you out, right? I know you're saying, is Orlando Bloom that good looking? I, I guess. Wasn't he that elf in uh, Lord of the Rings? I know you're saying, that's an odd way to remember a person. That's about all I know. I don't see that many movies anymore. Although I did see three billboards in Billings, Montana. Holy mackerel. Compelling movie. Um, and I know the ending. Um, people are tricked by the ending. So if you want to know the answer to the ending of the Who Done It, drop me an email, Rob at RobBlackShow.com. It's Rob at RobBlackShow.com. So elsewhere out there, China trade fronts, let's put that on the back burner for uno momento, which is Spanish for one moment. Oil's higher today. There's a risk-on mentality. There's news that the Canadian province of Alberta will be cutting its production by 325,000 barrels per day in an effort to curb excess supply. Cutter, also known as Cater, has announced plans to withdraw from OPEC. Interesting. Can't say much about that. But it is out there. Alberta's move comes just weeks ahead of OPEC's meeting, where it is thought that an agreement to lower production is out there. So Canada, oh, Canada, seems to be front-running the oil cut. 
because there's so much of it out there. And a lot of people think Saudi Arabia is supplying oil to make Trump and the administration happy or content or maybe forget that there was a Turkish journalist murdered in Saudi Arabia or a Saudi Arabian journalist murdered in Turkey or an American Saudi journalist murdered in Turkey. So big memorial service for President George H.W. Bush on Wednesday, December 5th. It is a national day of mourning. Should I take the day off? I don't know how I feel about that. The markets are going to be closed. That's odd, but it's per tradition, but it still seems odd. Capital markets that kind of like all about the economy, all about capitalism. We shut down so we can mourn a, a dead president. Last president to die, was it Reagan? <clears throat> Ford. Little Katy Perry, take us a break. I do kind of dig bad, cheesy pop music. It's my thing. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Everyone kind of knows that I hate Susie Orman. I don't hide it in any way, shape, or form, and I'm embarrassed to even say it. <laughs> hey, Susie, I have to give you credit. You said something the other day that will make people think financially. I think early on in her breakout in financial media, I think she was the worst thing that ever happened. She did things like tell people investment advice when she had less than 1% of her wealth invested. She told people about insurance and how she interviews every every single insurance agent she works with. And the insurance company that she farms her business out to, her referral, said that's not true. She sold credit repair kits for $89, $99 when all you need to do to repair your credit is not spend money and Google credit repair kits. Susie Orman broke the internet a little bit this year on a podcast when she said, you need to save at least $5 million to financial independent and retire early. It's called the FIRE movement, financial uh, financial independence, F-I, retire early, R-E. And a lot of people got mad at her. A lot of people flipped out. I don't think that's crazy to say because I want at least $4 million when I retire, and that'll pay me about $160,000 a year, plus... It'll last till the day I die because I don't want to say, you know, when I'm 90, oh, I only have $60,000 and I can't afford an old folks home. So for her to come up with that number, she's saying 200000 and she's saying she's throwing out some inflation ideas probably. I don't know. I don't have my Mr. Money mustache on, but it ruffles a lot of feathers when you think about that. And then you take look at France and France is saying like, hey, this guy Macron. Isn't that a cookie? Isn't the French president, isn't the French leader named after a Macron? A Girl Scout cookie? Why do you think I have So, a lot of feathers are being ruffled in in France right now because Macron's policies seem to be favoring the rich. They they threw on more taxes on on petroleum. I can afford it. The guy making $40,000 a year probably can't. So, I get it. I get people getting upset. And when you see someone who's highfalutin like Susie Orman, you kind of go into that like, oh, she's just rich. 18% of Americans actually retire before the age of 61. 
that's an alarming kind of number. And again, we don't want to get you to the point where you can't make ends meet. We want you to have too much to make ends meet. I want to retire, but I feel like I'm too young to retire. I kind of want to drag it out till 61, 62, 63. I don't know why. The whole idea of retiring early doesn't really appeal to me. You know why? Because I don't have friends. My friends are you, the listeners, and the television viewers, and the people at the buildings that work there. Building a $1 million after-tax nest egg creates about a $40,000 a year return. 4% safe withdrawal rate won't fly in many parts of the country for another 40 years' life as things become more expensive. I believe that what we saw in Paris this weekend of protesters trashing the Champs-Élysées, I think that's going to happen in the United States. I think people are going to trash the maybe Smithsonian Museum, maybe the Washington Monument, Lincoln Memorial, something, right? That Lincoln Memorial, by the way. Ugh. When I was a young man living in Washington, D.C., that was game. I'd take dates out. We'd have a nice dinner. And then we'd stop by the Lincoln Memorial on the way home. 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, and it's this big, big statue of Lincoln. And let's just say romance big time. Uh-huh. So retiring at 50 with $3 million will get you 120000 Again, that's pre-tax, right? You've got to live in cheaper parts of the country and stay frugal, in my opinion. So keep working as long as you can to cut down on how much you need to draw down. I've got a friend who just retired, and she instantly said, well, I'm just going to work part-time. And then she said, I'm going to work three-quarters of what I, what I can. So she went from 40 hours down to nothing, back to 20, up to 30. So she's cut a little bit, but she's 70. Bookkeeper, she wants to keep working because she sees like things get more expensive when paychecks aren't coming in. So five million dollars in after tax generates two hundred thousand dollars a year, essentially. And if you want to live in an urban setting like San Francisco, New York, Seattle, or Boston, that's what it's going to cost you. Now, for some people, you hit that you know that jackpot and you get a big amount of stock. And you say, I'm going to retire at 34. That's not my thing. Um, Warren Buffett is still working. I kind of like the work that I do. And I kinda, I'm not saying I'm like Warren Buffett. But it's good. Now, here's the thing. What happens if there's a downturn in the market when I'm saying, I need $4 million, I need $5 million, And the market whooshes down 20% like it recently did on big tech stocks. And I, I own a lot of big tech stocks. Where does that leave me? It's a good question. Not in a great position. So you do want to try to get more conservative as you get older, as you hit your price targets. But at the same time, you're like, well, maybe I'll need a little bit more money. Maybe I shouldn't have had that kid at 55 years old. <laughs> or like Alec Baldwin's had kids at 60 plus, right? So his daughter's going to be going to prom when he's like 80 years old. Not a good idea, in my opinion. I think sending a daughter to prom already is going to be stressful. I don't have a daughter <laughs> that I know of. Just a joke, everybody. Just a little holiday jokey. Behave yourself. Verizon stock fell today after J.P. Morgan downgraded the stock. AT&T shares are rising. Verizon's been kicking AT&T's butt for years. AT&T has a lot of debt. So that's always interesting when I see um, those issues. And I own shares of AT&T for a dividend. I don't care what the stock does. I just want the dividend. So shares of AT&T up, J.P. Morgan analyst. Thank you. Verizon got cut 
to neutral from overweight following the stock's massive outperformance recently. So that's not so bad, right? You see Verizon go up 13% and it's a telecom stock. And let's face it, you probably have your iPhone. You probably have your data plan. They got new technology they're going to have to pump into, uh, keeping things faster, the 5G down the road. So AT&T is a loser this year. Verizon's a winner. And the analyst said, let's sell the winner, cut the winner, and buy the loser. It's not a bad investment strategy. It's not, you know, obviously you want to consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stock's mention. Um, so it's out there. Bitcoin's close to becoming worthless. <laughs> oh, man, did he just say that? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Got an email question. John wanted to know about reverse mortgages. Is it better to wait until necessary or do now? Do later to get more money because life expectancy is less. Well, here's the trick on that is rules are always changing about what you can and can't get in reverse mortgages. So if you're house rich and cash poor, I would look into it. I'm not telling you to do that because John didn't tell me anything else. He didn't tell me his age. He didn't tell me his income. He didn't tell me if he was going to use the money from a reverse mortgage where basically you sell your house to the bank. And they give you a stream of income, or they give you a lump sum. You can choose either. They give you a line of credit. They, there's ways of doing it, right? I don't know anything about them, so I can't really give any advice. Other than to say rules change, laws change, and it's become more difficult to get a home. And it depends on where you live and life expectancy, of course. He's right about that. Um, does he really need it or does he not? Financial planners use it kind of as a last resort for financial planning. But... That tells you that he should consult a CFP. And to make an appointment with a CFP, go to newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com and make an appointment with a CFP. Um, so one of the things I like to do is read Barron's on the weekend. I'd probably tell you that every Monday, and you're probably ad nauseum just going, oh, shut up. Um, I like Barron's, and I, I think it does a really, really nice job of of making you think a little bit. And they they started, you know, disaster averted, the G20 meeting, right? And to me, this feels like Trump in the White House is very much so uh, a Jack Bauer 24, where, Mr. President, I just stopped the Russians from dropping a nuclear bomb on us. And everyone get breathes a big sigh of relief. And then you see uh, uh, Nikolai sneaking off with a briefcase. And you know there's another disaster coming. And that's kind of what I feel like with the G20. Yeah, we diverted a disaster, but we only put it off 90 days. And that's not a long time to you and me. It feels nice to see the market relief rally. And maybe Trump will give a hint. Maybe it won't. So a lot of companies came out big winners after the G20 meeting. And I think it's important for you to like try to study these and try to figure out which companies you like and which companies you don't like. And try to figure out which companies do well in higher interest rate environments, which companies don't. And there's so much data out there that you could find it if you want to. Um, or you can go and say, I want to own a company like McDonald's that does well in good economies or bad economies. It's a little broken advisor for taking action on any stocks that I mentioned, of course. But you know McDonald's has been around since you were a little kid. You know, every now and then you get freaked out when you're like, there's only four shapes of chicken nuggets. And you're like, 
I thought chickens come in all shapes and sizes, and why are there only four forms? You do not want to see how the chicken nuggets are made. That's all I'm going to tell you. You don't want to see it. Okay. So some stocks to watch now, companies like Black & Decker, Caterpillar, Emerson Electric, Deer, 3M, industrial companies that have significant Chinese exposure and are down year to date. It's an interesting concept, and I want you to run with it. I do. But you obviously got to make things work on your own time frame, I think, um, and learn to invest. So Barclays analyst came out and said, you know, look for losers that have big international exposure. I don't think that's a bad way of thinking. Black & Decker's down 23% this year. It takes some risk off you, right? Um it takes some risk off you when a company is already corrected because you're going to buy it at a hundred dollars. It's going to go straight to 78 and you're going to, Oh, why didn't I wait till it was 78? And some of them are at 78 now and I'm just using made up numbers, right? But you don't have to buy stocks at all time highs. I, I hope that helps a little bit. There's a lot of really good companies out there that I want to talk about. One of them is called Vulcan materials. Now, this isn't necessarily a Chinese play. It's a U.S. play. It's a play on take a look around. And what do you see? You see a lot of construction cranes, right? You want to look for companies, in my opinion, that have a history of raising their dividend because it tells you they're financially successful. Maybe on a level. Maybe there's some financial engineering. So you have to look a little further into it. But dividend achievers aren't bad ideas because it tells you that in good times and bad times, they've done well. And to be like a dividend all-star... You have to do it for 10, 15, 20, 25 years in a row. So that means you have to do it in a good economy, and you have to do it in a bad economy. Right? So I want you to do better as an investor. I want you to be smart, and I want you to be wise. I want you to look at things. Um, take a look at a company called Booz Allen. Boring. Dividend yield of 1.4%, but in the last five years, they've grown their dividend by 13.7%. That's exactly what you want. That's the exact kind of thing that you want to see. Booz Allen is a consultant. And they do things like how to get historically prepared for World War II. Or they do a big merger in the NFL with the AFL. So they're consultants. A lot of people don't make any movements until they get consulted. I really like MasterCard as a play on international markets because people look at MasterCard as a finance company and Visa as a finance company. I think they're anti-fraud companies. And every month that seems like, who got hacked? Did, did you just tell me Marriott got hacked? 500 million users got hacked? So now companies like MasterCard and Visa have to be on the lookout for information that was stored in MasterCards uh, tied towards um, the hotel. Say what? <laughs> I know. So look for companies like that. MasterCard, the number two player, not just in the U.S., but also in Europe, Africa, Latin America. They just bought a company that's kind of trying to keep them on the, the cutting edge. They pull in $12.5 billion annually across its worldwide payment networks. The company did $1.5 trillion in volume, 2.5 billion cards, up 4% year over year. So they're growing the card base. They're growing the transactions. It's got a dividend. It's not the sexiest company, but it's growing their dividend nicely. I'm not against you thinking about it. Silver Brook Advisor for taking action on any stock suspension. And if you want to go Visa and MasterCard, I'm fine with that. But then you have to say, okay, 
what if there's a company that is going to disrupt them? A lot of people a couple months ago thought, you know, Apple could come up with their own cash system or something like that and totally disrupt Visa MasterCard. Easier for Apple to work with them than against them. But MasterCard just bought a company called Digital Commerce Solutions, and it's a token-based authentication, authentication. And they're trying to stay that step ahead of fraud. So they're doing the right thing by putting investments into the future. I believe the children are future. Vail Resorts is a company that's been increasing their dividend in the last five years nicely. Money doubles every 7.2 years. And if you see companies increasing their dividend, you're like, hey, I like it. Now, Vail Resorts is a play on ski resorts, lodges, and other operations. I spent so much money on ski resorts that I said, I'm buying a second home, <laughs> right? You get to the point where you're like, did I just spend on an Airbnb? You're like, okay, Airbnb, I'm staying at someone else's home. I'm not staying at an expensive resort. I'm staying at someone else's home. I can cook, 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 cook with the family there. And then you go and you're like, I don't want to cook. I'm on vacation. And you end up spending $600, $700 a night. So people love Vail Resorts. They own many, many mountains. Obviously, Vail, but also Breckenridge, North Star, which is Lake Tahoe. Um, they're not hurting for business if you went up to the mountains this month. Whistler Blackcomb in Canada. Whistler, holy mackerel. Whistler was not on my bucket list. But 10 years ago, I went at Christmas time, and it's still to this day probably the most magical Christmas I ever had. It's just a cute little town, and it looks like Santa's workshop might be there. And it pounds snow because it's Canada, right? So take a look at Vail Resorts. Not a bad idea for an investment silver broker advisor, particularly in any stocks mentioned. Or you don't like that one? How about Southwest Airlines? Southwest Airlines has been profitable for 25 years. How have they been profitable for 25 years? It's a good question. It's a breath of fresh air. Southwest doesn't get into too many PR problems, i.e. punching customers or passengers, dragging them off planes, killing dogs in the storage compartments. So they kind of stay out of those big headlines that get kind of messy. People like them because they're a discount. Flying is like a bus, and you can go first class and be like in the front row seats of a bus, but it's still a bus. And people kind of realize that. So they're like, okay, I'll just take Southwest. They have a nice history of raising their dividend. And again, it shows you something when you look for that. Are you with me against me? Uh, They've been profitable exactly, I'm sorry, Southwest 45 years, not 25. Um, That's pretty impressive for the airlines because they haven't always been profitable. And they get into price wars with each other. I told you I like Vulcan Materials. Um, because if you look around, all you see is cranes, and what they're doing is moving crushed stones and sand and gravel and asphalt and concrete. That's what Vulcan Material sells, the stuff that buildings are made of. And you're seeing a lot of low-income housing going up across America right now, and you're hearing there's a shortage of housing. So I like that. The population of the United States continues to grow, and as they do, we're going to continue to build. Vulcan Materials will continue to be there, and they've been raising their, their income dividend to you. Now, it's not perfect, none of these, so you do need to consult a worker advisor for taking action any stocks mentioned, but those are some really good names to start doing some research on, and they have histories of increasing their dividend. Now, of course, when you buy it, it'll probably stop, but maybe not. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.
Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So this is, I think, an amazing song by Regina Spector called Us. It's got some cool lyrics in it, like they'll name a city after us. Later, they'll say it's all our fault. We're living in a den of thieves. We're in Jean Francis in the pages. We're living in the den of thieves, and it's contagious. We wear our scarves just like a noose. That one gets me, but not because we want eternal sleep. So I don't know everything. I just know this is an amazingly sweet and loving, but it's not loving at all. It has a lot to do with classic views of love and lust and the fall of big cities like in Russia, where she's essentially from. And the album's called Soviet Kitsch. Um, I always wanted to marry a woman who played piano and sang in the house. As a child, I was like, that was my thing. I was like, someone who's so happy that they don't even know they're singing, and yet they're singing? I guess probably because I wasn't all that happy, right? So I shut up now. You shut up now. You talk stock. Shut up! Shut so, up! Shut up! I shut up now. Bitcoin, a year ago, people were talking about it going to a million or at least 25,000 or 50,000 or some big number. Now that it's dropped below 6,000, it's 80% off its peak. Some people are starting to think it's going to go to zero because now it's falling below the cost of actually making it and mining it. The incentive to mine will deteriorate when that happens. It pushes Bitcoin into a death spiral. It becomes worthless if you can't establish the ownership of anything. A set of encrypted numbers, is that what's going to get you to retirement? I'm not saying I'm right, but somewhere around $5,000 per coin is what it costs to make. And when it falls below that, it's a problem. Unlike gold, which probably due to a historical accident is universally accepted as a store of value, Bitcoin is a digital commodity with no such universal acceptance as a store of value. Except for by people who say, look what happened in Paris this weekend. People are unhappy with governments. They don't trust banks. I, I, I know a financial planner whose kid bought a Bitcoin. And I'm like, not a smart move. I probably wouldn't say that out loud. It appears Bitcoin is now entering into what I refer to as a death spiral. But you know what? I'm not a Bitcoin expert. I didn't buy it on the way up, and I'm not going to sell it on the way down. It's not my thing. Dow is surging today. S&P 500 surging today because we're all going, look at what happened at the G20 meeting. Two countries got together and said, we aren't going to do tariffs on each other for at least 90 more days. Eh. Can I make that into a great story? I can't because the market opened 300. Now it's only up 230 on the Dow. Do we get our ho, ho, ho Santa Claus rally? Ho, 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 who wouldn't go? And for the people who are are saying Santa Claus is a bully and he's a sexist pig because he only has male reindeers. Merry Christmas. Something's wrong with people. I know Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer did have some homophobia elements in it and did have some bullying and, and freak elements in it. But... Stop it. Stop it. What must be wrong with you? I quit those people. I know you're saying you can't quit them. I can't quit you. Stocks up. Oil rebounds amid upbeat growth perspective from tariff ceasefire. Canadian is as a production cut. So a lot of things like consumer discretionary, energy, industrials, and materials, things that make economies go, things make go, mm, are doing well today. 
again, I'm not going to get super excited. I just don't have it in me. I wish I did, but I don't. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Big data is one of those things that I don't know if we all have our heads around. Some people do, some people don't. But data makes data drives a lot of financial decisions. And I can tell you when I was breaking into the industry, I got as much data as I could. I'd read the census reports on the aging of America and try to figure out how who's going to win. And it was drug makers, right, back in the 80s and 90s. One baby boomer is going to retire every second. We'd hear statistics like that. And uh, we'd go, well, that's going to drain Social Security. That's bad. That means more taxes down the road. But that we're probably going to consume pharmaceuticals. And then you hear, like, side stories, like, uh, as you get older, erectile dysfunction becomes an issue. And people would go to the doctor. And Medicare is going to pay for Viagra. Woo! Right? I don't know. Thank you. I needed a woo because my mind's just not there yet. Um, but there's data, like so much data out there at this point in time. And I, 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 I'm good with that. A lot of people aren't, but I'm good with it. So big data is a story, and it's kind of freaky at how much you can see you're being spied on and, and you are being used. There was a job, there was a drop in job listings on Tesla the day before the company announced restructuring. Did that, did that data mean anything? You're seeing, long before it became clear that Adidas was stealing market share from Nike and Under Armour, consumers who filled out online surveys created for an investment bank started to say they preferred Adidas. And you could start seeing that, like, data gives you answers. And those are just two very, very simple examples. Apple said, we're not going to give you any more data on how many phones we sell each quarter. So there's a lot of data. Digital data is everywhere. There's better tools to analyze and store it. Um, it once was a niche industry for making financial decisions. Now geolocation data mixes with you know spending data. Does data lie? Sometimes. But you're going to hear more and more about big data in 2019. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 